0: Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart, and Rick Kearney. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960.
1: And now, here's Earl Stewart. Good morning, everybody. It's another day. It's another Earl Stewart on Cars, and you're listening to Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer, and this is a show about how not to be ripped off by your car dealer. I think that uh, a lot of you folks know that. Hopefully we have new listeners every week. We've been doing this for a lot of years, and our audience has grown and grown and grown. We've been on the air uh, for only half an hour when we started. We've gone to an hour, and now we're at to two hours. We find it's a popular show. We find a lot of people find it entertaining and interesting. I'm sitting in a studio here at uh, 95.9 FM, uh, 106.9 FM, True Station. Oh, by the way, This is not a truality. This is a live radio talk show, and uh, you're going to be able to call the show at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We thrive on your input. We really, really uh, exist because of your questions, your comments, uh, your text, your emails, and uh, uh, we 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 feel exactly what's going on in the marketplace when you're out there with your car, bringing it in for service or repairs, um, maybe body repair or buying or leasing a car. It's kind of a terrifying experience, and I talk about the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions every week. I know some of you regular guys and gals get tired of it, but it it verifies it's a it it it, it verifies why we're here because car buyers have a problem and they've had a problem for a hundred years ever since we started retailing cars in this country through car dealers uh, we've had problems. And uh, the problems have become ingrained, embedded in our laws. We are Car dealers are like a pre- protected species. They're one of the few retailers that can get away with what they do, which is haggle and hassle and negotiate, add hidden fees, and all the other nonsense that you have to go through. And most people would rather have a root canal than go in and buy a car. And We hear about this on the show. You call in. You talk about your problems. And by the way, we know there's good car dealers out there. We mystery shop car dealers every week. And we find out some dealers that are... Uh, very good. Some that are so good, and some that are in the middle, and we list these in our good dealer and bad dealer list. So, if you have a good dealer, we'd love to hear about that experience. If you have an experience with a dealer that you can trust, even the salesperson. Sometimes, your sales experience is as only good as the salesperson, and you might have a salesperson that's been with a particular dealer for a while. We will recommend him by name, we'll re- recommend the car dealer by, by name. We like to have um, the idea, we, we want you to believe we're being impartial. This is not a way to ambush and, and, and put down dealers. We'd love to we'd love to be able to uh, take both sides of the story. And as I say, callers are the most important part of the show. I believe we may have a caller on the line.
2: We do. Arthur's calling us from Massachusetts. Good morning, how are you? Good Oregon? morning. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Um, I'm reading an article in Consumers Report. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's called The Hidden Risks of Used Cars. And I'm reading it, and it sounds just like your program. <laughs> they send out a mystery shopper. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'd like to read you one of the mystery shoppers' uh, uh, thing. He says, I'm seeing a Ford. Uh, uh, I'm seeing that Ford issued a, a driving warning for the. 2006 Ford Rangers. They say the consumer should have them towed to the dealer. The wow. dealer's answer, oh, they just list about everything. Just because they're listed, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean anything. How's that for an answer from the dealer?
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it, it is really amazing, some of the experiences we hear. And uh, uh, we have a mystery shopping report we'll do at the end of the show, and we have a surprise for you on that, a similar sort of an experience. So, Arthur, thanks very much for sharing that that us. Was
3: that was, that, was in the, that was in the June issue of uh, Consumers. I don't know if you read the new one in July, and it's called uh, How to Go Around Fees. And uh, it's your program to a T, uh, you know, documentation for uh, annoyances and charges, advertising fees, delivery and preparation fees marketing adjustment, mm-hmm. loan payment fees, just like your program. Unbelievable. Uh, it sounds like you even wrote this for the magazine.
1: <laughs> Arthur, I'm holding the magazine up. You're you're right on. You must be a subscriber because I don't think they're on the newsstands yet, but you can access it online, consumerreports.org, and I recommend this issue, the July issue of Consumer Reports on Hidden Fees to all of you. And right. Arthur has already got his copy and already read it. So you're ahead of the curve, Arthur.
3: Amazing, amazing, isn't it? It is, (laughs) Julie. I I thought you wrote it. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for the call, Arthur. Have a good
1: day. You too.
2: There we had an educated consumer from Massachusetts. Very educated. Thank you, Arthur.
1: One of the things I love about the (laughs) uh, Consumer Reports article is Consumer Reports adds validity and believability to what we've been talking about this show for 15 years. Hidden fees are... uh, they should be banished in all industries. And by the way, this Consumer Reports article is about hidden fees in all different other industries. It's like, uh, you know, the travel, you have rental cars, you have, uh, oh gosh, uh, airlines, you know, where they get the baggage fees. And hotels, you check, checking, it used to be your room charge was your room charge. Now they've got hidden fees, multiple hidden fees on about every hotel you stand at. But the, the leader... Uh, by far, our car dealers—they have the highest and the most expensive. Over the life, over your life, you'll pay more money to car dealers in hidden fees than you will anybody else.
0: Rick, I recently did a little, just a couple days trip to one of our local theme parks, mm-hmm. and I stayed at one of their hotels, and they had an additional ten dollar fee for parking on the property while I was spending the night at their hotel. You're kidding! Wow, hmm. unbelievable. I guess they expected me to park off property and and walk in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'd love to hear from you folks out there about hidden fees uh, in in car dealers. Uh, One thing we don't talk about with hidden fees with car dealers too much as often as we should are service department hidden fees. I guess we focus on the buying the car hidden fees, which average over $1,000 in South Florida. But every time you bring your car in for service to an independent or a dealer, there's usually... I'd say usually is not the word, 99% of the time there's a hidden fee at the bottom of the service invoice. They call it miscellaneous supplies or hazardous waste disposal or uh, what else, Uh, miscellaneous, sundry. I mean, they come up with uh, uh, ingenious names that sound like they're official fees. It's typically five or ten percent of the amount of the invoice sometimes they cap it but it'll be like fifteen twenty twenty five maybe fifty or sixty bucks if you look at the bottom of the invoice when you go to pay your service bill at any car dealership or independent and you find that if you object most of the time they'll remove that they know they're doing the wrong thing and so when you say what's this the cashier will start to sweat a little bit, look a little bit nervous. You say, well, if you can't tell me what this is for, I'm not going to pay it. And she might say something like, "Was well, for miscellaneous supplies. You can say, well, uh, all I did was have my oil filter changed. Uh, what miscellaneous supplies did you use to change my, my oil filter? I paid for the oil filter, but that's a game that they play that usually they get away with. I'd love to hear from you about your experience with any hidden fees with car dealerships, 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. And by the way, I can't forget the fact that we're streaming. Uh, I held up the consumer reports before when Arthur was calling from Massachusetts, and a lot of you who didn't realize that might wonder, what good does that do? Well, we're on Facebook facebook.com, forward slash Earl on Cars. We're also on Twitter, we're on Periscope, we're on YouTube, and uh, we got Rick Kearney right here. He's taking posts from YouTube. got my son Stu Stewart to my left. He's taking uh, posts on uh, mainly Facebook. Get a lot of, and if you uh, have any posting or tw- texting or calling, you're the lifeblood of the show. We, we appreciate your input. Um, I have a A comment I want to make about Takata airbags, and I think this, uh, again, was prompted a little bit by our mystery shopping report, Uh, my son, Stu, uh, spends a lot of time trying to find cars in our market now with Takata airbags, whereas two and a half years ago, uh, they were all over the place, and the question remains, uh, it pops up as to where are these cars, I have a theory, and Nancy and I were talking about that driving into the uh, show, to the studio this morning, I think because of the pressure that Earl on Cars has been putting on the dealers in South Florida, especially over the past couple of years, I think the value of these cars has been been dropping in this market because the dealers are reluctant to put them on the lot and sell them when they know that we're on top of that. And I think these cars are being sold at auction by people, uh, dealers from out of state. So I think I, I want to pat myself on the back. And say everybody in this room will pat on their back The fact that we've done a service to the local market But these Takata cars have not gone away They're just moving to other areas There are more Takata cars on the market today With dangerous airbags than ever before
2: Good morning, Tina Welcome to the show Hi, how are you guys doing this morning?
4: Great Hey, Tina There you go (laughs) Your theme song (laughs) I love it, that's
5: awesome Thank you Um, Well, in big automotive news this week, the Fiat Chrysler Renault Berger went bust. It went bye-bye. There was no deal. So that's big for Chrysler because they were hoping on this to keep themselves afloat and now they're in a little bit of trouble. What do you guys think?
1: Well, that was an interesting uh, occurrence. You know, uh, the reason that went bust was because uh, uh, Japan and France got into an argument. I mean, that's one thing I love about America is that we own our corporations and our car companies. Uh, France owns a big chunk of uh, the, uh, of, of, of Renault and also of, uh, what was the other French company, uh, Peugeot. Uh, and also, of course, in Japan, they're the Nissan. They own a piece of Nissan and uh, they were trying to get France and Japan to agree on the merger, but France and Japan couldn't agree on the merger, so the merger fell through. The the, the companies all wanted to combine and merge. They would have been stronger if they had merged, but uh, politicians got into the way, and that's the reason the deal fell through.
5: Oh, wow, that's that's pretty interesting. But I was reading, I think it may have been in Jalopnik or some other uh, website, but I was reading that... uh, Chrysler was really hoping this merger would go through because it would uh, benefit them definitely financially. It would yes. help them cut costs yes. and continue production. That was my understanding.
1: Well, that that is exactly right. That would have been the case. But the um, uh, point being, and this isn't directly related to uh, in what we do on the show, it has more to do with what happens in countries when you have the government involved in their businesses. You know, China is a good example. Uh, France is a good example. And Japan's a good example. In Japan, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but the Japanese own a piece of a lot of the major companies there. And they're highly influential. They'll actually be on the board of directors of some of these companies. France is the same way. And I don't need to tell most people that when you get the government involved in business, sometimes you have uh, awkward, you have delays, you have problems. And uh, whereas we have the same sort of thing in the USA, it's not nearly as bad as it is in France and Japan and Italy, for that matter.
5: Well, my question to you is, what what plans do you think Toyota has in the future? Do you think they're going to stand alone, or do you think that they might buy up other companies since they are a well-thought-of and very reliable overall car manufacturer?
1: I don't know. I, th- I think what uh, Toyota seems to do and some other companies, they do uh, agreements. They'll work. They have an agreement with Subaru and they have an agreement with other companies that will they'll manufacture engines or transmissions. Uh, you don't actually have to buy a piece of a company to have that uh, recipro- reciprocity to be able to work together and help each other out. Um, you know, Ford used to own part of Mazda. They sold that off. Uh, I think a better way, rather than buying a piece of a company, is to uh, have a contractual relationship so that you can you can share uh, trade secrets and engineering design, uh, share engines and transmissions. Uh, I think that's a great way to to uh, have your cake and eat it too. I don't. I wouldn't want to sell part of my company to somebody. Um, I would rather just have you know. A, contractual agreements to enhance the value of my company
5: and in another vein I was looking at something else about Toyota's plans for the future which is really interesting and they're going to apparently be coming out with a whole fleet of hybrid cars by about what 2025 I think it is it was well, yeah, really well, quite oh, you fascinating mean,
4: oh, oh, oh you mean an auto autonomous no, uh Toyota's, Yeah,
1: Toyota's well, not made,
5: autonomous, but I think it, I think it was the hybrid vehicle.
4: Now, Toyota made a commitment to have some electrified version of every vehicle that they make um, by 2025, and that includes things like hybrid, plug-ins, all electric. So it's um, and it's also not necessarily in the American markets. It's uh, it could be overseas, China. Um, or wherever else it makes more sense for them.
1: I believe all the manufacturers have pretty well got on the all electric bandwagon. Every car on the road in 20 years will be all electric. And I think uh, it'll phase in with hybrids. And then eventually the hybrid will phase out and the cars will be all electric. And after that, or maybe about the same time, they'll be all electric and autonomous. But it's, uh, the future's uh, coming up a lot faster than a lot of people thought.
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I'm kind of a rare bird because I like to have a driver's experience. And I wonder if uh, – we've had this discussion before. It's been quite a while, though. But I wonder if having an electric car or a hybrid car is going to feel kind of sterile behind the wheel. That's sort of what I'm not looking for, too. Because for those of you listeners that don't already know, I like to drive my stick shift. I do yeah. not like an automatic transmission. And the thought of eventually having an electric car kind of depresses me a little bit.
1: Well, depresses a lot of people, Tina, and unfortunately it's people that are older. And uh, the the younger folks, and let's face it, they're going to be running the world pretty soon. And uh, the younger folks don't have that feeling. Uh, I'm, I'm exactly like you. Uh, you know, I I drove a four-on-the-floor uh, you know, a three, two-barrel carburetor Pontiac when I was a kid, and I had a GTO judge, and I loved the roar of the engine. I loved to squeal of the wheels. I loved to leave a lot of rubber on the road and burn a lot of gas and create a lot of pollution, and uh, uh, that's the way I was. I've kind of evolved a little bit from that, but, you know, those kind of uh, cars are gone, and the, and and even the ones we drive today will be gone. We've got to worry about cleanliness on the planet. We've got to worry about energy efficiency. And the world's are changing. But, uh, yeah, a lot of us folks that love cars are going to be uh, a little bit unhappy. I kind of get ta- caught up in the technology. So uh, the excitement of the high-tech cars, uh, the amazing uh, safety features we have on cars now, uh, the acceleration, I mean, let's face it, Tina, you've got to be impressed with the fact that there's not a gasoline-powered car in the world that can out-accelerate an all-electric car. The fastest car on the road today is a Tesla. Rick
0: had a point. I've seen videos on YouTube where they have raced Teslas against not another car, but against sport motorcycles, mm-hmm. and won. Yeah. So, and, I mean, if you can beat a motorcycle in acceleration.
2: I saw yeah. that.
1: So it's, it's uh, we just have to let go and give up. Remember, our grandparents and our great-grandparents needed to give up the buggy whips, but they finally had to. And uh, now we, uh,
5: yeah, that's true.
1: we have to give up the gasoline-powered cars, just a fact of life. Not to mention the fact that we might be running out of gasoline, so it's going to happen one
0: day. Yeah. I don't know. My dad held on to that buggy whip and used it quite effectively <laughs> for many years. <laughs> yeah, you can use it for other things. <laughs>
1: Well, Tina, uh, we'll just have to grin and bear it, you know, and, and we, we got plenty of time. I mean, you'll, you'll be able to buy cars that you love to drive uh, for as long as you live, and I will too. And You, know, you can drive gas cars in a virtual reality machine. That's true. I never mm-hmm. thought about that. We'll, you'll, you'll go to a circus, and they'll say, No, exactly. you know,
2: you'll do it in your living room. Uh, yeah. Thank you uh, for giving us a call. You uh, are an important part of the show, and uh, hang on to that stick shift. Take care of it. And you won't have any worries in the future. And as far as the recovering car dealer is concerned, hey, he's still burning rubber. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> Give us you. a call again.
1: I try
4: to, but that is my true. car won't do it. That's right. Every once in <laughs> a while you get a little chirp in there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, you're doing a pretty good job. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't jot that number down, you can reach us at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And ladies, as usual, we have a gift for you, the first two female callers. You can win yourself fifty dollars this morning. Again, that number eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty.
1: Thank you very much. I haven't really talked. I talked to Rick briefly, but uh, I have to tell you about Rick Kearney because he is, uh, we're Stu Stewart and Nancy Stewart and I, we're talking about buying, selling cars. Rick knows how to fix cars. He knows how to fix computers, actually, because cars are really rolling computers today. And really, you probably have more, you're thinking about more about how your car runs. You got a squeak, a rattle, a smell, uh, a vibration, or you just been into a service department where they want to charge you $1,000. You came in to get your oil change, and somebody said you need a new drive shaft. I mean, it is really scary out there, folks. So if you have questions, you're nervous about repairing and maintaining your car, Rick Kearney can answer all of your questions. It isn't all about buying and leasing. It's about maintaining and repairing. Rick uh, has been doing it for 25-plus years, worked for me for about that time, and he was an he was uh, working with cars even before that, uh, every time i 'm looking for ricky 's in school somewhere he 's trying to stay on top of what 's going on. These new cars are hard to stay on top of the The advances in design and particularly safety technology are moving at warp speed and every time I get into another car, a newer car, I have to go to school because There's about 50% of every car I get in and make that 75% sometimes. I don't understand. If you don't understand something about your car, call us at 877-960-9960. Text us at 772-497-6530 and ask to speak to Rick Kearney. He will answer your question. I guarantee it.
2: Definitely. You know, I think I can count on my one hand how many times... Rick was unable to answer a question. There's not a question he can't answer, and that's a pretty good track record. Ladies and gentlemen, again, that number is 877-960-9960. And don't forget, Stu has a whole lot of information to share with all of us, and uh, it's a real team here. Text us if you're a little shy, 772-497-6530. Stu's
1: got some text. I see a little marks on his white pad there.
4: That's how I signal the text, and I'll start with the first one. We might have somebody on the phone. first one's kind of long, but I think it's definitely worth reading. Okay. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Here we go. Um, Salespeople aren't all trying to rip us off. Most are perfectly honest and reasonable. With internet pricing, you are only going to win or lose a few hundred either way. I might grind them on the delivery fee, which is three or four times what shipping actually costs. I might balk at the document fees if they're a lot, but that's about it. If the price is below market value, that is a good price. The reason for the fees is that dealers have to out-internet each other just to get you to call or show up. Grind them a little more, and the sale profit isn't enough to keep the lights on, hence the fees. In the past, it was different. You couldn't really know what a car was worth. I'm reading fast because it's a long one. <laughs> so I'm just not worried about it. If I buy something for $30,000, I know that the dealer might have got 200 or 300 more out of me than was absolutely necessary, but I don't begrudge anyone making a decent living. By comparison, I'd gladly pay a nickel more for my Big Mac if it me- makes a difference to the workers. So unclench your sphincters, people. As long as you do basic research first, you're not going to overpay. Dealer profit margins are at an all time low. And by the way, if you think you're saving money by cutting out the middleman with CarMax or such, then you have been suckered. They make more than twice the profit. Um, off you than a dealer would, and with only a small fraction of the overhead. Are you really happy with the faceless, anonymous, uber, corporate, brave new Amazon world we got now? Car dealerships are as American, are Americana, and they're a lot easier to deal with than 20 or 30 years ago. And I'll kind of fast forward to the end. It says, Sorry if this post looks like virtue signaling. I am sincere. I've been watching a lot of videos in preparation for my next purchase, and the amount of suspicion, contempt, and even hatred for a whole class of people seems a bit much. Take it away, Earl.
1: Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to take it away now because we have a <laughs> caller waiting, and that was a long one. But by the way, if you're listening texter, that's a great text. You're yes. a sharp yes. uh, individual. You're an educated consumer, and I agree with a lot of what you said, and I'd like to address that in just a few minutes. But we have a first-time female caller, right. which is we very do. important.
2: We do. We definitely do. Carol, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. I can hear you. You've uh, won yourself fifty dollars as a first-time caller, and if you stay well, on that's the nice. if you stay on the line after uh, we're finished, Rudy will take your information and I'll get a check out to you next week. What can we do for you Thank this you morning? Thank you so much. You're welcome. What can I'm calling
5: because I'd like to know what fees we should be paying.
1: Carol, that's, a, that's a, a succinct question. It's a very intelligent question, and I can answer it uh, succinctly. Government fees. The only fees you should pay in addition to the asking price, quoted price, advertised price, are government fees. And the whole purpose of the hidden fees, which is what the car dealers are really making most of their money on, uh, is to deceive you into thinking it is a government fee. Now, what are government fees? Uh, Pretty simple. Uh, Sales tax in Florida is 6%. Uh, Some of the local municipalities or the counties have another tax. It can be as much as 7%. But sales tax is a government fee. And the other government fee is your tag and registration. You have to have a license plate on the car. Sometimes you transfer the tag from one car to another. Sometimes you buy a new tag. Depends on the size of the car, uh, your birth date. There's variables. But those are government fees. And the ACID test you can actually test to see if the fee the dealer's trying to charge you is government. There's no sales tax paid on government fees. You don't tax a tax. So you don't charge 6% sales tax on the $300, which is a 6% sales tax. You don't charge 6% sales tax on the $400 that might be your tag and registration. So if you have a fee that sales tax has been charged upon on your vehicle buyer's order, that is a lie, that is a deception, that is not a government fee, and you should not pay it. And I, I, I went on, your, your answer was, your question was succinct, and my answer was succinct, but my explanation was very long. So, question, what fees should I pay when I buy a car, government fees, and uh, that, that's really the, uh, the way you should look at it. Uh, Carol, did I confuse you? I think I just confused myself. No, not at all.
2: It's a no, real, it's just, a deep topic. And I also want to
5: know, does this apply to uh, used cars as well as new cars?
1: Yes, absolutely. Anything that you buy retail, new or used, uh, you should. the car dealers are charging hidden fees on everything they sell, even service. But used cars, new cars, the average hidden fee in South Florida is over $1,000. That is mind-boggling. In other states, like California, it's fairly inexpensive. California mandates that you call a dealer fee a dealer fee and they also mandate that they charge only what is it seventy five dollars to
4: yeah i think they're up to seventy five right now they've increased it every year just general carol listen if the total amount of fees exceed maybe four hundred dollars your red flags need to go up your registration title fee for a brand new tag really shouldn't be much over $400. And the other fees that are state fees literally are under $10. It's like a tire and battery fee. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really inconsequential. So if you see anything that's approaching five, six, seven hundred dollars $700, question it, and it's probably uh, not proper.
1: Carol, I don't want to overload you here, but it was such a good question. Uh, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, uh, came up with this idea, and it's an affidavit that you can have car dealer sign you can download it and I'm going to give you a, a, I'm going to give you a website you can download it from it's just www.out the out the door just the way it sounds out the door price affidavit AFFADAVIT out the door price affidavit well, thank
5: you so much
1: you're very thank welcome you. and if the dealer won't sign that there's something they're hiding and all it basically says is this price that I quoted you that I advertise, contains everything except government fees
2: and Carol that definitely yes. will that definitely will protect you and uh, it'll, it would definitely be worth your while to download that affidavit www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com. And uh, like Earl said, you know, they won't sign it, and you can get it to the car dealer uh, salesperson by emailing or faxing or whatever. And if they won't sign it, you just leave. Great. Thank you so much. That's You're such welcome. a big help. Thank you, Carol. Give us a call again and uh, let us know how your you know, car buying experience went.
1: Stay on the line so we can get well, your I contact have to tell information.
5: You, I I've been a I've been a customer of Earl or Earl, Earl Stewart uh for many, many years. I
2: only buy Toyotas from him.
1: Well thank you very much.
2: Okay. Well thank you. Well maybe <laughs> thank you, you, you can if I see him can, I'll let him know. Maybe you can pass that information along to some of your friends who, you know, aren't coming into Earl Stewart Toyota. Oh I will. It's Don't a great worry. affidavit thank to have. You. Have a great weekend. You too now. Bye-bye. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, don't forget uh, you can go to www.youranonymousfeedback.com Tell us what you think about the dealer fee, about the radio show, anything that's on your mind, how we can improve ourselves. Again, www.youranonymousfeedback.com YourAnonymousFeedback.com. now back to the recovering car dealer
1: we have a new caller David from Orlando good morning David how can we help you this morning
6: hi good morning mr. Um, I am first of all I want to congratulate uh, with you for your show
7: Thank
1: you.
6: uh, I'm a new uh, listener I, I've been uh, learning a lot in the past week I've been uh, uh, listen all your uh, uh, shows you. uh, on YouTube um, I'm uh, looking for to buy um, a suburban. Uh, I'm a Chauffeur, so I'm looking to buy like a, a good 2019 uh, suburban. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the market right now for the particular car. Um, so um, I've been looking uh, like uh, off lease. I don't know if uh, I'm going the right direction. The only thing, because they don't have any kind of, like, uh, dealing or anything going on, That's, I, like, I like to have a nice experience. Mm-hmm. So, and also I contact dealers as well, but, you know, I'm kind of afraid after everything I heard before. So, Sure. Uh, do you have any suggestions?
1: Did you uh, did you say you're considering off-lease the company or an off-lease suburban?
6: No, no, I'm, I'm going to, to check off-lease. First, and then I'm going to go to the dealership, I cannot find anything. But I don't know, I heard very good things about Off-Lease. Do you know the company? Do
1: you have any suggestions? Off-Lease is a a good place to buy a car with uh, buyer beware. You you need to be careful. Uh, They have excellent pricing. Uh, They buy all their cars at auction. And they uh, buy uh, almost any car at an auction, including cars that have been accidents. And uh, they fully disclose everything they sell. Uh, you will not. You, there's no no kind of a warranty. You have to buy a warranty if you want a warranty on the car. So what I, re- what I recommend you do <coughs> is you select the uh, Chevrolet Suburban from off lease that you like. You check the Carfax report on the car to be sure that there's no outstanding recalls or if there's the car's been in a, an accident which is troubling a serious accident so minor accidents are not a problem and uh, you also uh, want to take it to your independent mechanic you want to don't want to take their word for their belief as the condition of the car uh, take the car to an independent mechanic if you you'll have to pay him to check the car over 100 maybe 200 dollars average probably 125 150 bucks the best money you'll ever spend is having that independent mechanic check that car over thoroughly because he can tell you not only mechanically, but if the car's been an accident, a flood, or something else that might not even show up on the Carfax report. But Offlease Only is one of the largest volume car dealers in, in Florida. They started out small in this area and have grown immensely. And I recommend them. Uh, they're on the uh, Erlon Cars recommended list for buying. They will treat you honestly. Uh, they will. Uh, uh, it's kind of a a Walmart or a, it's kind of like a lean sparse there's no frills there. You know, what you see is what you get. They have the cars on the lot. You buy it as is and it was up to you to do your due diligence and check the car out. If you do your due diligence, you can get a great price. Where you have to be careful is in the finance department. If you're going to finance the car, I would highly recommend you use your credit union or your own bank. In the finance department, at off-lease, they will try to make a lot of money. When they sell you the car, the average profit is very low, $1,000, $1,500, which is low low profit for a used car. But when you go into the finance department, they typically will make a lot more money. They will sell you uh, extra products that are questionably necessary, and they will charge interest rates which are uh, a little higher than you could get or maybe a lot higher than you could get with your credit union or with your bank. So, in summary, I would recommend off-lease only as long as you're very careful.
6: Yes. Um, I, I was actually uh, concerned about uh, the extended warranty. Um, I don't know, because I heard many things about the extended warranty that most of it are scams, so uh, since it's going to be like a 2019 with low mileage and I, I need it for business, um, I just, uh, I'm just just concerned if I have to get it or if I put the money away and uh, save it for any eventually uh, problems that I may have later on. Uh, about the finance, I'm going to go through my uh, federal credit unions because I can get a very good price. Great and uh, very good APR, so yeah. I follow your suggestion.
1: Yeah, the extended warranty, uh, I would recommend you don't buy it from uh, off-lease only. Uh, there are extended warranties available. You might check with a Chevrolet dealer and see what the factory, General Motors, has in the way of extended warranties available on a Suburban. Uh, if you check the car out carefully, and it's good mechanical shape, and uh, you're always going to be able to... Fix your car on the average for less expensive than you if you buy an extended warranty. Extended warranties uh, are often overpriced, and often what they won't cover is far more than what they do cover. The devil is in the details. The devil is in the details, as do said.
6: So the um, so maybe after uh, the uh, ori- original warranty expire, they maybe offer me later on. The dealer may offer me later on or. Uh, or like the Chevrolet
1: South. Yeah, or, I would go, I'd go I yeah, go to a General right Motors right dealer, yeah. and I would check to see what's available from Je- General Motors on Chevrolet Suburbans for the extended warranties.
4: The good news uh, is that in Florida, uh, extended warranties are insurance products, and they're regulated. So, you know, if, they're, if you're getting a price, um, it doesn't mean you're not getting ripped off, but they're not ripping you off um, alone. <laughs> so, in other words, they can't discount it. They have to file their um, premiums with the state. Um, but like Earl said... Um, the, the, the calculation you got to make is how much am I going to spend on this warranty versus what am, I, what am I likely to come out of pocket for repairs. Yeah. And cars that have a higher likelihood of expensive repairs are going to have a much more expensive warranty. So I would think a Chevy Suburban would probably have a, a higher uh, cost warranty than a, than a Hyundai Sonata. So um, just, just you have to just really do your research and look at what's excluded. That's the main most important thing. What doesn't it cover? Do
1: we answer yes, your question, Tim? Well, yes, yes.
6: Um, well, today I have an appointment with office 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 only, so I'm going to go and check
1: it out. Well, fine. Let us know how yeah, your experience was. My- uh, call us back Sorry? afterwards, and we'd love to hear how your experience was. I, uh, when I recommend a company, a, a car dealer, I always like to hear back from the people that actually deal with them. And if you have a pleasant experience, love to have you call us back next week or the week after.
6: Well, um, um, also, I sent an email early uh, to you with a bunch of questions. I don't know if you're able to answer to me anytime. I really appreciate it.
1: I, I will have more
6: answer. I hold up, I there's so many other listeners that they want to call. All right?
1: I will definitely answer your email, Thank David. You so. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Thank David. You. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, stick around. We're going to go to the mystery shopping report, and uh, it is the highlight of the show. And uh, you are all welcome to vote on the mystery shop. It's from Easy Pay Cars in Stewart this week, and uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, you can give us a call with your questions at eight seven seven six nine six nine zero. I just forgot the telephone number nine six zero. Yes.
1: We had a text earlier. It was a long text, and we had our first-time female caller waiting. And so uh, we read the text, but we didn't read the answer. I'll I'll briefly summarize the text. It it came from a sophisticated uh, buyer, knowledgeable about the car business, and he was saying that, you know, kind of, why should we be so hard on the dealers? All they're doing is charging dealer fees, and uh, he understands that, and dealers aren't making much money today, and, uh, and all the information is published online. You know pretty much what the costs are. You know what the market value of cars are, and wh- why, are we, why are we making such a big deal about being taken advantage of? And the gentleman that wrote that text would not be taken advantage of, and a lot of you in the audience, sometimes I know we're preaching to the choir, that we have a lot of people out there that are educated consumers, and we talk about all the tools, the Consumer Reports, Edmunds, uh, Kelly Blue Book, uh, True Car, Costco, Uh, a lot of you folks out there would never be taken advantage of by a car dealer. Uh, but some of you are taken advantage of and you don't realize you are. In fact, the texter may have been taken. You only, you only know when you've been taken advantage of when you know you've been taken advantage right.
4: of. And, and, and I'm not attacking the texter or anything, but what might not be a big deal to you, you know, a couple hundred dollars might not be a big deal. It might be a big deal to somebody else. Sure. And some of it is just on principle. You know, it's just, yeah, um, let them make a buck, but let me make a buck honestly.
1: He said something that is very true, and I want to make this point. He said the reason the car dealers have these high dealer fees, and I say over and over again, Mm -hmm. averaging over $1,000 in South Florida. The reason they have the high dealer fees is because if they advertise the price of a car, the other dealers will just cut their price, and that's what happens. All the advertising is is meaningless. Every price that you see advertised, you can't buy the car for. I mean, I would love for someone to call the show. We had one person call the show one time, so they actually did. I'd like someone else to call the show. If you ever bought a car at the advertised price on television, online, newspaper, tell us you, you can't do it. It is suicide for a car dealer to advertise the price of a car at the price that he wants to sell the car for because competition will just reduce the price so what they do they have hidden fees now i can advertise a price so low that my competition can't advertise lower a
4: lot of it isn't isn't what you end up paying It's. The trickery that was used to get you to come to the dealership.
1: If I have a $1,000 dealer fee, I can advertise my car for $500 less than I want to sell it for or can afford to sell it for because I've got in my hip pocket, I got the hidden fee. Mm -hmm. Pop that $1,000 on and suddenly I got a nice profit deal. He's absolutely right about that. It's kind of like... The dealers feel they have to charge dealer fees. He's right, but it doesn't make it okay. (laughs) It doesn't make it okay because all the other... And I I hate to mention this because I don't want this to sound like an infomercial, but... Our dealership charges nothing but government fees on top of the price. We have no dealer fees, no hidden fees, and we're doing just fine. So, yes, car dealers out there, use that. You use that as your excuse. I have to because all the other dealers do it. Not true. We don't, and it works. People will gravitate toward a dealer they feel they can trust. So, But that was a very good text, and I hear a lot of folks out there that they can handle themselves easily. With car dealers. For sure. But a lot of people, we call them victims, the very young, the very old, the English language impaired. How many people in South Florida, English isn't their first language?
4: We have a lot of people, Creole, Spanish, uh, other languages. Yeah. Imagine going to Japan and have somebody and you barely know the language and somebody exactly. speaking to you fast about yeah. a bunch of fees. Yeah. You're just going to nod and smile.
1: We have a lot of Brazilians That's in South point. Florida, Portuguese. <laughs> so we have Portuguese, Spanish. We have cre- uh, Creole. <laughs> Uh, And then you have people that just don't have the education. I mean, everybody isn't a college graduate. Everybody isn't a high school graduate. And we have a lot of people that just – so you take that – you lump them all together, the very young, the very old, the education problem, language problem. These people really, really get taken advantage of. I've had widows on the phone made me cry while they're cried because they paid a $10,000 profit to a dealer that they didn't have to pay, and they were victimized by that. That's a terrible
4: thing. At-risk consumers. Yeah. At-risk consumers.
2: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960. And don't forget, speaking of fees, uh, you can pick up the uh, Florida Weekly, and you can read Earl's column, Should Dealer Fees Be Illegal? We're going to go to our next caller, and that is John, who is a regular caller from Palm City. Good morning, John.
8: Good morning to everyone. I want to speak about good experience. I didn't have it, but a good friend of mine, I know him since high school. Actually, we attended high school just when the 53 Corvette came out. And I've always wanted a Corvette, but I never could afford it. Well, earlier this year, he had a great experience and got a car, Corvette, new Corvette, unbelievable price. Somebody told him, why don't you go to the factory Well, you can't buy from GM. But Bowling Green, Kentucky is where the car is made. Okay? So, not only that, a beautiful experience. He toured the museum. He toured the plant where it's made. He went to a motor park with race a racetrack where they have an expert that drives the Corvettes. But, anyhow, the name of the dealer that he dealt with, but he saved. Florida dealers are going to hate me completely. Campbell Chevrolet. And the salesman was called Chuck Raymer. This is in Bowling Green, Kentucky right at the plant and in the town that it's made, and he had such a great experience with the salesman, no nonsense, no fees, no nothing, and a choice of cars beyond belief. He bought a Stingray coupe, which is quite rare, but the savings on it were absolutely unbelievable. I'm not even going to mention on radio, lower than any, even not even close, that anybody in South Florida would come. So I want to mention that, Campbell Chevrolet, Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I also want to tell you about experience I had years ago. And with a 75 Chevy that I bought, uh, I had an order in for one and it was canceled. And then I said, somebody told me, go to the world's largest dealer. I think they're still in business today, which was Reedman Chevrolet in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Unbelievable size dealer. I mean, if you buy a car from him, used or new, there's even a test track that you can take the car out. And I was treated like an absolute gentleman. Temporary plates. They were open like till late in the evening. Seven days a week. And it was just a great experience. Had the color that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find the car locally because it was toward the end of the year. And, uh, they were, uh, discontinued that model. It was a Chevy Caprice convertible. And I got the color I wanted, red and everything. And it was a fabulous experience. And it was Reedman Chevrolet in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. They've so been there a long time, haven't they, John? It pays, and the savings and treatment uh, from some of these, that's why they're as big as they are, mm-hmm. these dealers, is unknown. By the way, they specialize in military. They have a special um, bus that picks them up at the airport and everything, and caters to the military with financing and everything. Wow. So it was Reedman Chevrolet then, and this Campbell Chevrolet in Bowling Green, is well worth people to check out if you're a potential Corvette buyer.
1: Yeah, that's great information, and online it's easy to do. Uh, I would buy a car if I was buying a Corvette uh, because, as you say, they can really lay you away, jacking uh, the price up way over sticker. Uh, you buy a Corvette, Corvette save yourself three or four thousand uh, dollars. I, I you could fly up there, buy it, drive it home, or have it shipped.
8: Absolutely. And Corvette, as every dealers know, that's one of the highest profit margin cars that they could sell at Chevrolet.
1: It sure is. Well, thank you very much, John. That's good information. John. Did we lose you, John? We might have. Give, yeah.
2: go- give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. I want to give a special shout-out to Serge. He's listening this morning. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, great. So, uh, Serge, if uh, you have the urge, (laughs) I I think that's very... Poetic. Very good. I don't know why
4: that tickled me.
1: Serge Surge is our audiologist, and if I don't hear you, he it's Serge's
4: fault. And uh, if you want to have your ears checked or get some hearing aids, go to Palm Beach Audiology. So Serge is listening, and he's hearing us very, very well. because <laughs> That's his field.
2: He, he definitely it's is. He's a professional listener. A lot of clarity. i got um, a voicemail that I'm going to read. Text us at 772-497-6530.
1: When Nancy and I were coming in, which we pulled in, uh, Stephen Weiss called. I didn't take the call because we were getting ready to oh. walk in the studio, but he left a message. And I'll read it to you. It, it, it's along it's long the uh, uh, the idea of this text we had about take care of yourself. In other words, uh, if you do the right thing, you won't, won't be taken advantage of. Hey, Earl, this is Stephen Weiss. I was reading your thing about should the dealer fee be illegal. My first thought is, yeah, they should make... It Should be, and my second thought is maybe not, because of the way I figure I drove one hundred and seventy two miles off the Florida Turnpike in my car at a dealership that doesn 't have a dealer fee or those bogus registration fees. I save myself a lot of money if these people are willing to do their homework and and go do some shopping and check out what is and, when they deserve what they get as far as i 'm concerned, and what the market should or got a person is the right in other words it 's one of these guys that says. If you don't know what you're doing, shame on you. You should be taken advantage of. And that's a school of thought out there. Sure. It's people that feel like. It's a brutal outlook on the world, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> so thank you, Stephen Weiss. Uh, I can't say I respect your opinion, but I accept Every your man opinion. for himself.
4: Exactly. Let's shut the shut
1: up.
2: I respect Stephen Weiss for leaving a message. Absolutely. Yes, I love it when everyone leaves us messages. Thank you for addressing us. that. Hmm?
4: That's a pet peeve of mine. Let's <laughs> just get rid of voicemail. If no one's going to leave messages, just, just take <laughs> it off the phone.
2: Hi oh, there, just text me. We're going to go to Frank. Uh, he's giving us a call from Jupiter Farms. He's a regular caller. Good morning, Frank.
9: Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Loud and clear. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a little scratchy on my end, but that's okay. A um, couple questions. I actually got a lease a couple years ago before I listened to Earl and said I should have bought, but at the time... It seemed like a very good option. It wasn't that much. It was zero money down and payments that were less than what I, if I was paying for the car. Mm-hmm. And the problem is I didn't put very many miles on it. And I got it less than a year before I got to turn it in.
7: Mm-hmm.
9: Would it behoove it is inexpensive? It's a Jaguar in the six figures. So um, with such low mileage, I was supposed to put 36 on. I got 4,000. Would it be possible maybe try and sell it outright to someone else that might Buy out price, or am I, gonna, I know I probably won't get anything back from the dealer. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible, uh, but you have to be careful. Uh, what you're talking about is exercising your option to buy the vehicle at the end of the lease. All leases have that option. Uh, the amount that you're eligible to buy it for is your residual value that the lessor put in your contract. You can check it in your contract. It'll have it right there in black and white. What you, the price that you can buy the car for. Uh, what you have to do is find out what the market value of the car is and the way you find out the market value on a Jaguar is to check with a Jaguar dealer. You go to a Jaguar dealer, used car department, and you say, uh, I want to sell my car. Uh, you don't tell him you lease it because he will know you don't own the car. So you just tell him, I'd like to know what you would pay me if I were to sell you my car and I'm going to take it to another Jaguar dealer, uh, and maybe CarMax. You know, you're going to get three prices, three bids on what the value of your car is that's the ACV. We call it the actual cash value. That's a market value, and then you compare it with your residual. If you can, if you can sell the car for more than what the residual value is, then you exercise your option, and then you either keep it or you sell it. You you have your cake and eat it too. You can drive it because you know you so You know you got yourself a really good deal.
9: Well, oh, great. I appreciate it. That's just, it was one of those like midlife crises where I thought it was going to be a fun thing but i um i said well if i buy this car it'll give me the incentive to lose some weight for it's easier to get in and out (laughs) well i can never use it for a getaway (laughs) in a robbery because they would um, get to me before i could ever get in the car anyway okay and i will admit um too on on that dealership i went all the way to tampa i might have told you this a few years ago because i tried the local dealers here and i'm not trying to get them you know disappointed but they. They just, oh, the down payments, the monthly prices, the low, only 5,000 miles a year. Yeah. And I said, holy cow, and very arrogant. Yeah. And this place advertised in Tampa, actually called Crown Jaguar, St. Petersburg, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, you know, 1, 000, or, um, zero down and 1,000 a month for 10,000 miles. And I go, it can't be. And everyone said, and all the dealers said, there's no way. They can't do that. It's false advertising, bait and switch. I went there. Not a penny out of pocket, thousand yeah. a month. Wonderful experience, but it's rare. I mean, it's just maybe because it's on the other side of the coast.
1: It is. Uh, you know, for a big, a big investment like you say, six figures, why not go out of the market area? Why not go to Tampa oh, yeah. or Jacksonville or you know, uh, or even out of state? We talked about going to uh, Kentucky for a Chevrolet Corvette. Uh, we forget yeah. we have online access in our smartphones and you could get a price anywhere in the United States on any car. And the dealers vary tremendously. And some dealers thrive. Reedman Chevrolet is a good example. When John from Palm City called earlier, Reedman Chevrolet was there since I worked for Westinghouse in 1964. So that's a a multi-generational family. And some dealerships exist on business from out of the area. There are dealerships that will sell cars at extremely low prices, and they survive on huge volume. If you can find those particular dealers, you can save yourself a ton, of, a ton of money, as you did with Crown Jaguar. By the way, uh, not to digress, but I knew the owner of Crown Jaguar, uh, a man named Dwayne Hawkins, many years ago. Uh, Dwayne, quite oh, an, wow. interest, quite oh, an interesting, quite an interesting man. Wow. But that. Uh, well, thanks very much, Frank. I,
9: I- Yeah, not thank you. I got some guy going to sell lychee, so I got a hundred (laughs) trees out there. I got to start making um, a profit today. So let me get on and start selling. But thank you so much, (laughs) (laughs) you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks, Frank. Bye. -bye. It's great hearing from you, Frank. Give us a
2: call again. Okay, uh, ladies, uh, I have. uh, I'm waiting to hear from one more female caller. I have fifty dollars right here for you. So give me a call. Give us a call. You have a question. Opinion? Anything at all. 877-960-9960.
0: I think we got some YouTube text, don't we, Rick? We do indeed. Uh, Let's see. The first one we have, uh, Javi El Hombre. I hope I got that pronounced well enough. Uh, (laughs) His question is, can you get a good or a better deal on a build-your-own-car from the dealer rather than a new car that's already on their lot? He says he can't seem to ever find the right car with the right options he wants. Hmm. The, the problem
1: is that you often have to wait a long time for that car, and sometimes that car doesn't even exist. Uh, regional areas uh, tend to have cars of particular combinations of equipment. The problem with the manufacturers is the permutations and the combinations of trim, color, and options and accessories is so great that to have one of everything a car dealer would have to have a million cars in inventory and then he might cover not cover everything so usually you can dealer trade for a car you can go out of the area and find the exact car you want but if you order a car to spec one thing it might be coming from japan that's that'll take a long time stew at a point
4: yeah one thing to worry about is that um not not all car dealerships there might be some that be be willing to do a special order and wait a lot of But most most car salespeople want to sell the car right then and there, and you might find a change in attitude (laughs) in the salesperson, the amount of help you're getting, and also even on pricing. I mean, if a car is on the lot and they get got a whole bunch of them, they're more likely to sell it at a lower price. When you customize it, that's yeah. an opportunity to jack up the price. If you
1: absolutely must and, and, and feel like you want, of course, then you have to watch the car carefully. You have to find out when it will be coming in because the car salesman will always tell you it's coming in sooner yeah. than it really is. You need to nail them down and say, listen, uh, you told me three weeks. Uh, if it's not going to be three weeks, tell me now because if you give me a negative surprise, I'm going to cancel my order. Be sure that it's your deposit is refundable and uh it's very uh, most common complaint that we have at our dealership is when someone orders a car that we don't have an inventory it just doesn't seem to come in as quickly as everybody wanted it to so nail down the timing nail down the fact that your options and accessories are available and be sure your deposit is refundable. Yeah,
2: and mm. in, in my experience, well, I'll tell you what—the length of time and the cost—I uh, don't know. I don't know if it's really worth all of that. But it there is. are some people yeah. that really want some, t- you know, that special.
1: Exactly what they want. They want
0: it.
2: A what special they want, they car want that yeah. or truck, but exactly. it can be months.
0: Yeah. Okay. And our next one here, Al Shukri is asking. Good morning. I called a car dealer for a car price. They added a dealer's fee of $799 and a tag transfer of $324. Is that a ripoff? Please let me know. Well, the, the $799 dealer fee is a ripoff.
1: The $799 should be illegal. It is strictly profit to the dealer. The transfer is presumably uh, legal. It's probably It should be a government fee only. Uh, the dealer fees that you have to worry about are the ones that they don't tell you about. The car dealers are very smart. Uh, They know that a lot of folks have their antenna up about dealer fees. So the first thing they do is they usually don't call them dealer fees. They call them something else like electronic filing fees or notary fees or doc fees. So they rename them, so they disguise them as government fees. And then they have more than one. So they can say, this is my dealer fee but they don't tell you about the electronic filing fee, uh, the uh, uh, admin fee, uh, the whatever the fee. Uh, there's th- hundreds of names for dealer fees. Actually, if all dealers don't disclose all their extra fees when they quoted you the price and the advertising, you knew about it, then you could just take all those fees, put it into the price, and do Uh, Comparison, competitive shopping and comparison, which is your right as a consumer. If you're a smart consumer, you check competitive pricing. The fee that is the most dangerous is the one you don't know about. In this particular case, they gave you one
0: fee, but the other ones were probably hidden. And my last one here, Remy D. says, I think what's worse than car dealer fees are the cell phone and cable company fees. Mm If you've ever seen your bill on those, (laughs) wow.
1: Yeah, you ought to get the consumer reports. Uh, We talked about it earlier. It covers all the hidden fees. Uh, Of course, we're mainly interested in car dealer fees, but uh, they went around uh, the country, and they averaged the fees, and they looked at all the different industries. And I mentioned before, hotels, uh, airlines, travel in general, um, uh, rent-a-car, car car dealers, electric utilities, uh, the, the name of the game now is if you're going to advertise a price, be sure you have enough hidden fees to bring that price up where you can make a higher profit. And it should be made illegal. It should be a federal law. The, it should be a federal law that if you're charging a consumer something for a product, it has to be disclosed in the advertised or quoted price no matter what it is.
2: And you know, uh, these these hidden fees, uh, you and I have had these conversations at the office at home, that's a complete show. Uh, you know, I take a look at an invoice and that hidden fee is really a hidden fee because it's uh, uh, among so much information, you don't even realize that every month you're paying that hidden fee. Yeah. And it should be debt, I mean, to read a, an invoice or a statement that comes to our home with a magnifying glass, I think is just unacceptable.
1: I think we've got some more uh, text from uh, Stu over here.
4: They're flooding in, oh, so okay. let's get flooding? to it. Flooding? They're flooding. They're <laughs> pouring in. Um, this is this comes from the uh, the true the true crime category. Uh, Earl, if you can believe it, a car salesman is stealing from customers and forging signatures at Lexus at Greenville, in South Carolina. And I clicked on the link to the story, and I can summarize it real quick. A salesperson had been stealing portions of down payments given to him um, on car loans, that, uh, on vehicles they were buying.
3: Sure.
4: There were 119 different cases, so on 119 different deals, he stole um, $83,000. Wow. He is locked up and charged with multiple felonies. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, A tip on that is... Be sure when you leave a deposit or any kind of cash or check mm-hmm. with a car dealer that you get a company official receipt. Correct. Never take a business card or be
4: sure you get a receipt, mm-hmm. official receipt. Get your receipt and then also uh, look at your contract and see the down payment amount and make sure that matches because they could uh, they can monkey with the contract. And also
1: check to see that in the fine print on the receipt it says the re- that the ca- that the deposit is refundable.
4: That's right. Okay, here's another one here. Um, it was explained to me that the electronic filing fee or dealer fee or doc fee or whatever the name is compensation for the dealer to process paperwork such as the title registration. Um, then I'm not sure what this means. So the video compares uh, tubes of toothpaste. I think they're referring to a, a, um, a video on, uh, on dealer fees. So the video compares tubes of tooth- toothpaste and refrigerators that the price should reflect that. Um, When was the last time someone had to title and register their tube of toothpaste? (laughs) Maybe in some countries. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And when I stop by cell phone shops, they often sell cell phone plans that advertise one plan, but there are additional and unadvertised fees that accompany the price, not just sales tax. Don't want the dealer to be compensated for his work? Tell the dealer to hand over the paperwork, and you'll handle it yourself. See how far the sale will go.
1: Well, see, the premise, it's a false premise. When they say to you, this is the cost of my doing whatever, all businesses have cost. And in a business, you take your profit, you take your your sales, what you sold your product for, you subtract your expenses, and then you're left with your profit. So when a, a car dealer sells a car, he has a lot of expenses. He has to pay the salesman a commission, he has to advertise the car, he has to pay his light bill, his phone bill, his water bill, lots of expenses. He has to pay the accounting department, he has to pay lots of expenses. Believe me, I'm a car dealer, yeah. I got a lot of expenses. But when I sell my product, I'm supposed to take all those expenses, pack them into the price that I quote, and I charge you, and that I advertise. It isn't right to have a price and take a certain group of expenses, and after you agree to the price, say, oh, now I want you to
4: pay these expenses for me. Before you get jumped on by people who think that was some sort of nefarious thing that you said, I think maybe a better way to put it is you need to take take account of your cost of doing business into account when you price your products, yes. you don't necessarily pack it into the price as a sure. hidden fee. It's you know what you need to make to break even, and you know, you know what you need to, to sell the car for to run a reasonable profit.
1: Yeah, and uh, when you say put all of your costs in there, I believe, I mean, I'm not going to do this now. I believe one day even the government fees should be included in the advertised price. We know what the government fees are. And why not include them in the advertised price? Why does every car buyer get a surprise when they get the final amount that they have to write the checkout for or finance? You never buy a car. You always have that surprise.
0: There should should not be a surprise. Rick? Uh, It's like when I visit my sister-in-law up in New Hampshire and I go into a store to buy something and they have no state sales tax. So the price that's on the shelf yeah. is exactly what you pay for a, a television, a radio, whatever. Where it should be. Yeah. Should and they, it's all one price.
4: Taking it to the ridiculous extreme, you could take all those expenses that you mentioned and have a line item for it. You could have a line for the a yes. dealer's Internet uh, services bill and okay. a line for his light yeah. bill. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to get at here. Getting,
1: and they're moving in that direction because yeah. they've gone from one gotcha, one dealer fee, to multiple. I mean, three is common. Four is not unheard of. We mystery shop car dealers with four or five different hidden fees. Crazy. That's right.
4: Okay, uh, the next one is um, probably for Rick. uh, 1997 Lexus ES300. The battery light on the dashboard is staying on. Uh, When it's jumped, nice crisp lights in less than a minute. It's discharged. Click, click, click. Dead. Won't hold a charge. I was told various things as to why. What's your take on this? Thank you, Miss D
0: first thing is you'll need to have that battery tested, and probably the battery is going to need to be replaced, but the battery light remaining on indicates to me that your alternator is most likely not charging, and if the alternator's not charging, your battery's going to be getting destroyed, so you'll probably wind up needing both of them okay and get uh Get another bid on the alternator and the battery, for that matter, because mm-hmm.
1: you're talking a few bucks. And uh, let them know that you're going to check the price when they quote you the price. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Next one uh, question: When you take a car to an independent mechanic that you're going to buy from a dealer, so in other words, you're looking at you're at a dealer going to buy a car, a used car, and you take it to an independent mechanic, do you have to get permission from the dealer to take it to that independent mechanic? Yes, you do, and uh, if the dealer
1: wouldn't give you permission, I would just leave and not buy the car from the dealer because he's got something to cover up. Now, if he's worried about his property, you could say, if you want to drive the car over to the uh, my mechanic for me, that's fine. You can drive it back, or you can come with me, but there's no reason any reputable dealer would object to you having the car he wants to sell
4: you checked out by an independent mechanic. Okay. Uh, Steve, who is watching our Uh, Facebook live stream, and he watches every Saturday, by the way. Hey, Steve. Um, Steve asks, uh, well, he he states, the Honda dealer charged me for an automatic transmission fluid at the 15,000-mile service. When I made a stink and demanded to know where he put the automatic transmission fluid into my manual transmission car, he removed it from the bill. Wow.
1: Kept him on us. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) You don't replace uh, transmission fluid anymore, do you? (laughs) 99.9%
0: of automatic transmission cars, the fluid is now a lifetime fluid, and you would have no reason to replace it.
1: Yeah, this is a manual transmission.
0: And on a stick shift car, a manual transmission, that fluid shouldn't need to be replaced for at least 30,000 miles, if not 60 or 100,000 miles, depending upon what Honda says in their factory recommended maintenance books exactly
1: you know uh this fellow uh nobody's going to take advantage of him and we have a lot of people that call the show and they say what's this what's all the fuss just just stand up to these dealers and question them and challenge them a lot of people don't have that personality Uh, uh i really don't have the personality i seem like an aggressive person on the air but you know when i'm going into a retail store i'm not into confrontation uh, I might not come back. I go into a restaurant and I get treated wrong. I just I just won't go back. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't want to I don't want to fight. Yeah. And uh, if you have that aggressive, Nancy likes to fight. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But remember, there are a lot of people out there that are relatively passive and they
4: don't want to challenge.
2: I think that's a little bit of a stretch.
4: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how, how are we doing on the text?
4: Uh, we, we're, we're wrapping them up. We've got a couple of more. We got one from California. It's John uh, who's listening in California right now. Uh, my question is to anyone that may have an answer for me. My Honda dealership is now trying to charge me for an oil change for over $100 and telling me that if I don't pay for it, it would void my warranty when, in fact, they were not charging me before, but I know nothing is free. I was paying $40 before this, but now I'm being told this. Well, first of all, you don't
1: have to have your car serviced by
4: your dealer to maintain your
1: warranty. If my dealer was charging me $100 for a oil change, I'd be heading for Jiffy Lube in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And uh, find someone that will change your oil for a fair price. Keep the receipt. And uh, if there's ever a challenge about your warranty, you have the receipts. And by the way, I have never known uh, a manufacturer to disallow a warranty because they challenge the... Uh, customer to pursue receipts to be sure they'd maintain the car. If he clearly hadn't maintained the car because of the condition of the car, maybe. But if the car was in normal operating condition, they don't ask you for the receipts, but keep the receipts just to be safe. Rick?
0: I do know there is a Quick Lube place on North Lake Boulevard that charged a customer with a 2005 Prius $90 a synthetic oil change which is a very inexpensive oil filter and four quarts of synthetic oil four quarts that's it ninety dollars for a oh. synthetic oil change at a quick lube place mm. on north lake boulevard on north lake Did, i saw is, the receipt
1: is quick lube the name of it
0: or i know uh, it? it's it, it was a valvoline Jiffy yeah. Lube type Well, place. let's get the name of that so we can report it on the show next week. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I thought most of these uh, quick loops were low price, but you just...
0: Uh, well, because they, they actually charged them, the entire receipt that I saw yeah. was $150 wow. for an oil change, an air filter, and a cabin filter. Wow. Now we're going to have to start mystery shopping Jiffy
1: Lube. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's They've the attraction,
2: you know, that inexpensive way to, you know, yeah. get be serviced.
1: Let's give those numbers out again before we yeah,
2: get back to the talk. Uh, we're going uh, to take uh, Linda's text, but first uh, I'll give you the number if you didn't jot it down and you'd like to give us a call at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love for you to be part of the rating system for the mystery shopping report and that is from easy pay cars in stewart okay uh linda has a question and she's interested in these uh she says does any auto still have built-in boosters booster seats for children
1: i didn't know any ever did have built-in booster seats for children does anybody know about that
4: N- uh, not in any Toyota vehicles. I have no, no, no vehicle.
1: Uh, we, we learned something. I, uh, maybe she could text back and tell us which vehicles do have.
4: If I close my eyes and I look back in time, I think I do remember something. I don't know if it would be considered real safety equipment. I think I remember things folding down in the back seat like you a reading station my wagon. Armrest. Yeah. yeah. And I was small and I could fit on the armrest. That's, that's right. what it was because you didn't put
2: seatbelts right. yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. Back, back in the yeah. 50s, uh, yeah. I remember. 50s. <laughs>
1: Let's move <laughs> Where along Where were here. you?
2: 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. That was a terrible response. <laughs>
4: to me? No, I remember a kind of something.
2: <laughs> Made me feel really old there for a minute. <laughs> oh,
4: sorry, the 50s. Thing,
2: sorry. The I was talking 50s. about me, yeah. Okay. Uh, in back the 50s, the
1: r- we carried the kids in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, get back to the text. Oh, uh, well, we, we got a caller.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, West Palm Beach. Hey, Bennett. Bennett. Good morning.
4: <laughs> hey, Hello. Bennett. Hey,
10: Bennett. Can you hear us? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Good morning, everyone.
2: Good, Good morning.
10: morning. All right. A couple of questions, of course. That's why we call. <laughs>
1: yeah.
10: Um, you always talk about the kind of airbags, okay? And uh, it gets you all crazy. So, who is making Takata airbags these days? Did a company take over Takata? And what recourses do you have when you're ready to buy a used car or a new car, for that matter?
1: Bennett, the uh, company, uh, Takata, went bankrupt. It was bought out, and we can Google that. Maybe Stu or Rick can Google that to see the name of the new company. Uh, The new airbags now are being built under a different name. Which is a good thing because I wouldn't buy a car with a Takata airbag, even if they said it was better. I know what the manufacturers were doing for a long time. They were replacing bad Takata airbags with more bad Takata, Takata airbags. I understand that this practice has ceased and the Takata airbag branded did have a different design so that they were okay in the long run, but for a while there was nothing to replace a bad Takata airbag with, so we knew the Takata airbags degraded under heat and humidity conditions over a period of time, so... What the manufacturers were doing—they take a five-year-old Takata airbag that they were afraid was going to blow up, take it out, and put a fresh one in, knowing that in five years that might blow up too. We have an answer on the who the company was.
4: That's correct. Last year, a Chinese company called Key Safety Systems acquired Takata for 1.6 billion. They're rebranding the company. Uh, it's now going to be called—oh, uh, I just—I just lost that—something uh, Safety S- Systems, which is kind of kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Joyson. Uh, Joyson Safety Systems. How do you spell Joyson? J O Y S O N. Joyson Safety
1: Systems, the new Takata. Hmm. So we can write that down. It's a Chinese company. That's nice, and uh, we'll see how. So that are goes. they
10: take, Are they taking over uh, from for the other uh, airbags, or you well, know you're out of luck on that? Right?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know whether the manufacturers have contracts with Joyson. Uh, my guess is. It sounds like Takata got a lot of money for their company. My guess is
4: they sold their database and their contractual agreements with the other uh, manufacturers. Well, well, this calls for a little bit more research. just yeah. because uh, Toyota and other manufacturers have announced that they're no longer getting Takata airbags. Yeah. They might be getting Joyson, Joyson. airbags. Exactly. For all we know, we don't know.
1: Joyson, uh, Joyson Safety Company. Takata, right. we never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Joyson Safety Company
4: is where we're getting our airbags. Maybe, maybe not, but we got to look into this.
1: Yeah, yeah, we will check that out.
10: Okay, another question. You know, when you buy a new car, there's a freight fee, uh, fee correct?
1: There's a what? As well
10: as a dealer's fee. Those are two big fees. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? What was uh, I'm sorry. Freight.
1: Oh, freight. freight. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a, there freight a freight, freight
10: fee yeah. on a new car yes. as well as a dealer's fee?
1: Yes. And, no, no. So, no fr- when the you freight.
10: buy a used car, isn't that even more wrong that when you buy a used car that they're charging you another freight charge?
1: It's it's highly wrong uh, on a used car. Understand, Bennett, that the freight fee that's on a new car is baked into the price of the car from the get-go. The manufacturer of General Motors, every General Motors dealer has to pay... General Motors, the freight fee, and it's baked into the invoice and the MSRP. So when you buy a GM car or any car, the freight, the cost of the shipping the vehicle from the plant to the dealer is all part of the cost of the car and the selling price of the car. A used car, well, that's you know, you're just regenerating a cost that's already been paid. So if somebody tries to charge you freight on a used car, then they're double dipping. In fact, a lot of new car dealers will try to double dip you. If you see freight appear on your vehicle buyer's order, that's a double dip. It's already happened when you okay. bought the car.
10: Other than the tax on a vehicle when you purchase one, what other fees are legitimate uh, that they're entitled to? government
1: fees what you pay the state of Florida basically uh, there's few, there's a few nominal fees uh, two dollars uh, for a
4: battery or dollar fifty and then uh, five bucks
1: yeah we don't even talk about those but we're talking about the only ones that are that are, you need to worry about are your sales tax and your license and registration and that goes to the state of Florida so we give the dealers a pass on those they have to it is an expense to them but the profit doesn't go to them, it goes to the state of Florida. Any other fee, it might sound like a dealer fee, the whole purpose that dealers have in their hidden fees is to make them sound like a government fee. You have to verify, and that's the reason that I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Nancy Stewart came up with an affidavit, which you can uh, have signed by a dealer. You can download it at www.outthedoorspriceaffidavit.com. Outthedoorspriceaffidavit.com. Download that. You ask the dealer to sign it when you're buying the car. Before you buy it, he's given you a price. He, you responded to an advertisement, and you say, "Oh, that's the price of the car." Yep, that's the price of the car. Sign here. What's that? That's an affidavit saying that that is my out-the-door price with government fees only added. If he won't sign it, turn around and leave. Yep.
10: Okay, so, so thank you. So my daughter lives in Denver, mm-hmm. and she was in, a, in an accident last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the insurance company settled up with her, and now she has to purchase another car in, in Denver where she's living currently. So is, it, is there anything you could tell me about that state, if it's as bad as Florida, do you know, or uh, anything to be aware of?
1: No state is as bad as Florida. Denver right. if, uh, Denver, as I recall, is kind of like a medium state. They don't have good, tough regulations like California, but the dealer fees out there, and I haven't checked in a while, but the same rule applies in Colorado as it does Florida only pay government fees If, if they have other fees that they won't take off the ch- the car, let them disclose those to you so you can take the real bottom line price and shop and compare with other dealers. The best defense and some dealers will say we have to charge this fee. Uh if we charge any customer this fee, we have to charge you this fee. If they want to make that fallacious argument, so long as they disclose it, you can shop and compare the bottom line price, including that fee with the other dealers that they compete with.
10: Very good. Okay, I have so many more
2: questions, but I'll let other people get on
4: here. Well,
1: thank
2: Benna, you thank very you. much. I really appreciate it. Thank you very me. much for calling. Give yeah. us a call again, Ben. Great uh, discussion.
4: Two. I'll tell you, Florida, and you know, it's a special kind of brazen. You know, And the group, we, we meet regularly with other Toyota dealers and their jaws drop. I mean, yeah. all over the country. So we, we have dealers from Colorado who's in, in, the, in our group, yeah. all over the country, and no one can believe how big the dealer fees are. It's, right. like, it's
1: like a disease spreading, yeah. and the more it spreads, the more jump on the bandwagon. And as an earlier texter said, it's a defense mechanism. Car dealers feel they have to charge these exorbitant hidden fees to survive, and really they kind of have to. Uh, it, it's, it takes a lot of courage And a lot of staying power uh, to really say, I'm not going to do it anymore. Imagine taking away all your hidden fees, $1,000 or maybe $1,500 worth of fees, and just stop charging them. And now you've got to advertise your product. And you've got to put it on TV and online. And all your other competitors have the hidden fees, so they have prices much lower than
4: yours. Until they actually hurt their sales volume, they will not... Yeah. reduce the price yeah. of these fees. As long as customers continue to buy the car and pay them, then yeah. it will, they'll keep getting bigger. Yeah,
1: when we first dropped our dealer fee a long time ago, uh, we had several dealers, uh, Delray Toyota, Palm Beach Toyota, Treasure Coast Toyota. They all, after a year or two... Mercedes uh, of Palm Beach. Mercedes of Palm Beach. They all dropped their dealer fees because we were making such a big deal out of it that they were feeling guilty and said, hey, let's jump on the bandwagon. And they jumped on the bandwagon for about six months or a year... Yeah. If and then that. they jumped off the bandwagon because they could not make a profit and do it honestly. Okay. You
2: know, there's a there's a whole lot of states that just have a no cap rule, and that's just the way yeah. it is. Uh, I am going to answer thanks to Stu Linda's question about the booster seats for children. And uh, Linda Stu passed along to me that in 1994 the Dodge Caravan had full down child booster seats. So there you go. Thank well, you, Stu.
4: That's some trivia. I could win the bet at a bar yeah. there. Hmm. 25 years ago, yeah. I, th- I mean, I know that there's a lot more regulation yeah. on, like, child safety That sounds cases. like a Jeopardy question. I will remember that, and I'm going to uh, okay. audition for Jeopardy.
1: Okay, we got some more text. Uh, we do.
4: We have one here that actually came in on youranonymousfeedback.com, hmm. and um, it's kind of interesting. It says, Earl, you need to look up Journey Autos of Largo, Florida. They're in the news for being brutally honest about their used cars. There is a breath of fresh air. Uh, this is from a loyal listener who is anonymous. I looked up uh, Journey, um, Journey Auto Sales in Largo, and I didn't see a whole lot until I checked out a news story. So here's what they're referring to. Um, they were advertising a used 2002 Oldsmobile Alero for $900, and the ad basically says, you're getting $900 worth of car. <laughs> don't bring your A blank blank down here saying oh it looks boy. different in pics or you didn't know that it had much rust. I'm telling you right now, this expletive is rusty. <laughs> and then and sh- and then the news story says, and should you bring your butt to the dealer, there's no haggling. The ad says, no, I don't have any wiggle room. You can wiggle your blank down to another dealership. <laughs> so... um and then it goes on and says, bottom line, the car runs, the air conditioning works, and this car will get you from A to B. Just don't try to make it to C. <laughs> so, you know, I love that.
7: I, I like that.
4: <laughs> Journey, I Journey Auto Sales. Journey uh, Auto Sales, J-O-U-R-N-E-E in huh. Largo, Florida. Now, I will say uh, their their online reputation, their reviews don't look so good, but you've got to give them credit for yeah, that. <laughs> they got a sense of humor. I love that. I love it, too. All right, so um, let's see. Do we Okay, if you have done a synthetic oil change in the past, do you have to continue that, or can you go back to a standard oil change?
1: You can go back.
4: All right, there you go, quick answer. Just
1: remember to go back to the cycle instead of 10,000 miles, 5,000 miles.
4: That is correct. And finally, um, Steve in New Jersey uh, says, uh, Volvo has an integrated booster seat option whereby the back seat thigh cushion can be raised. However, I'm not aware of an integrated baby-child car seat. We just uh, we just addressed that. We, we found yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we go. Thank you
2: for that. And uh,
4: we're caught up. That's it
2: on my end. Okay. Yeah, Hundred thousand dollar challenge.
1: Well, that's right, $100,000 challenge, still no phone calls. We have absolutely zero calls from car dealers. I gave out my personal cell phone number last week. Maybe that's
4: that's a car dealer call. Oh, it could be a car dealer. (laughs) No, (laughs) not a car dealer.
1: $100,000 fee. For the new folks that don't know what we're talking about, Uh. we have said we would challenge any car dealer in Florida to a debate on the air on this radio show, and we would do it by the rules of debating and you would have a uh, three minutes and I'd have three minutes they the debate would be should the dealer fee be made illegal in Florida and we will debate that I say the debate the debate I say that dealer fee should be made illegal you argue it should not be made illegal and all you cardinals are all charging dealer fees so I would think that all of you think it should not be made illegal what I want to know is why won't you debate me why won't you call me and I've even challenged you to contact me anonymously. And then she gives out the anonymous, youranonymousfeedback.com. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Tell me what terms and conditions you would like for the debate. Maybe $100,000 isn't enough money. Or maybe it's too much money. A lot of people accuse, well, somebody accused me of being a, a fat cat. Uh, rich guys were just challenging each other. I'm trying to make it serious because I know car make a lot of money. And if you want to put your money, you want to do it for $50,000, uh, 10000 yeah. we can talk. Yeah, uh, I, You want to do it for 1000 we can talk. Uh, text me, anonymously or otherwise. Call me. My cell phone number is 561-358-1474. Call me. We'll discuss it. If you feel you're right about dealer fees, if you feel that you need to charge these and there's a good reason for it, we even had a texter that said there's a you know we understand why you charge dealer fees. Let's talk to the audience about it, let them vote on the debate and all everything I win, whether it's a thousand
4: or a hundred thousand, I'm giving to Big Dog Ranch. I'm not trying to enrich myself it's you know to anybody's who's listening who's a car dealer this is not going to be a a shaming a public shaming no. or a moral argument it's 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 just basically arguing this thing on the merits yeah. how does it help a business or hurt a business how does it help a customer or hurt a customer and it's just going to be based on facts
1: i will swear to you i will not humiliate you yeah or try to humiliate you, I will not downgrade you. I will not uh, call you names. It will be a respectful, mutually respectful debate of the facts. We'll we'll, We'll debate the facts of the dealer fees, hidden fees, and we'll ask the radio audience to vote, and the winner takes all. And uh, if I win, my proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. If you win, Mr. Car Dealer, you do deal with it as you you can give it to Big Dog Ranch or the American Heart Association, or you can uh, you know buy
4: a boat. I'm just worried that dealers out there listening might not be responding because they're just afraid of being associated with the dealer fee publicly, bringing attention to it.
1: Well, of course, that's what I believe, too. And I think that uh, I just, I, I, I guess what I find, I know that a lot of dealers wouldn't call. I guess I was surprised that no dealer called. You would think that somewhere in Florida, and I guarantee you every dealer in Florida knows about this. I mean... You know, we have a network. I mean, we talk back and forth. I did this on a blog. All the car dealers in Florida know me, and I know most of them. I most of them, but a lot of them. And uh, this word has traveled. I'm amazed that not one car dealer would say, hey, Earl, $100,000, that's a little rich for my blood. Let's do it for 50, fill in the blank, yeah, for whatever. Because I tell you right now, if I can't get anybody to meet the, 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 the amount I'll lower it. I mean, get, make me an offer. Make me an offer. Just come on the radio show. Yeah. That's I, all I, I want you to really do. I
2: really think it is a fear factor, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuned in, we were talking about the $100,000 dealer fee challenge that uh, Earl has been talking about the past couple of weeks. What do you think? Youranonymousfeedback.com. How do you feel about the $100,000 dealer challenge do you think we're well right or wrong by saying uh there it's just a fear factor you know among the dealers and that's the are- that's the reason that there hasn't been you know a- any attention paid to it Youranonymousfeedback.com. anonymous give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh you, you know just uh let me share this with you about Linda and the booster seats and her question and what Stu found as far as 1994. Uh, that was the, uh, what was that, Stu, the Dodge uh, It was the Dodge Caravan. Caravan.
4: It was also the Chrysler version of that. Yeah. and Town the, and country. And the town and
2: country. And Linda That's says that my niece had a terrible accident, and that booster seat uh, saved her little girl. She had gotten hit from the rear, and the engine dropped on impact.
1: Wow thanks Linda speaking yeah you know, speaking about safety uh, uh, Nancy t- uh, told me the other day and just tell the audience uh, you were you were driving home and you had a kind of a scary experience
2: yeah yeah um, I was on uh, alternate a one a and uh, we were coming up to uh, a, a red light. There was a lot of traffic, and uh, Florida Power and Light was uh, working uh, on the uh, right. Uh, hand side of of the road and a uh, gentleman pulled out in front of me and uh, it was quite startling because I was so close to uh, the red light and he was on top of me and uh, I hit my brakes and uh, you know, I I wasn't thinking about my automatic emergency braking system and uh, what a feature that is on a vehicle. Yeah.
1: I mean, how many times do, and we still, even I, it's, it's automatic reflex. Every for day for me. Yeah. Well, it it, you know, some people it cuts in. Your reflexes aren't as good as Nancy's, but uh, no. even when we react quickly, it's really scary. But after I, su- I reminded Nancy, I says you have automatic emergency braking, and you would not have hit that car. Yeah. And think about that folks that 's pretty cool i mean i, I don 't when I get in my car now i don 't think about it because i 've been driving so long That's I, it 's just how it
4: 's just how I park now
1: but yeah the bottom line is there's, there's a lot of great features in these new cars mm. and people that are now trying to uh, um, They're proud of how they maintain the car. I've been driving this car for 15 years. I got 350,000 miles. I applaud them. I love that. I love people who take good care of things that they own, and that's a great thing. But don't forget the safety features. A car today in 2019 is infinitely more safe. And if your family and your safety is important, I'm not trying to sell your car. No. You know, I'm just telling you now. No no matter what.
4: I, I hear what you're saying. Like I don't. I don't consider myself a salesman. I hate sounding salesman-y, yeah. but when somebody asks me now, should I keep my car, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm between a rock and a hard place. i got to tell them about the safety yeah. stuff, but then you sound like you're trying to sell the car. And it doesn't
1: have to be a new car, yeah. a late model. Yeah. It's a matter of stepping up. If you can buy a car today that is four years newer than yeah. the one you own, you have made a quantum leap in safety. <laughs> so you drive, we talked to somebody a little while ago They was driving a 2010 all they got to do is move up to 2014, uh, get a used car, certified used car if possible. That have to be later model. But move if you can improve, uh, come up in the technology curve. Four years, you have really made your family safer and your life uh, a lot more secure.
2: Yeah, I, I was, uh, you might say, a step ahead of the uh, automatic emergency braking system because you know out of the my peripheral vision, I could see him coming. At me and uh, lo and behold I saw the red light and I was on top of that uh, but uh, never for a moment did I think that he was going to go right through the red light but he was gone.
1: You know what happened man I forgot about this This happened the other day Nancy couldn't have been in the car because she would have remembered it but for some reason I took my foot I was stopped and uh, and I was waiting for the light to change and for some reason I took my foot off the uh, uh, brake I don't know. I could have been doing something, texting, talking on the phone, or something I shouldn't have been doing. Shh, shh, shh. And it's all of a sudden, the car stopped. And I looked up, and I was drifting. Yeah. If I if that hadn't happened, I would have probably yelled at the guy for backing into me because <laughs> right. I had no idea that the car was moving.
4: I was joking around about using it to, to park, but it does go off, I'd say, maybe every other day as I'm trying to inch up to the yeah. parking stop, and then it flashes red, yeah. screams "break" at you scares uh, the crap out of you, <laughs> but what about you stop. The,
2: what about the remote control for the Lexus and what happened yesterday? There's so many people that really complain about those remotes, you know. But in our case, it was a great advantage. Uh, I'm just going to make a little announcement that all of our lines are uh, on hold, and we are ready for the Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, let's uh, go to it.
1: Mystery Shopping Report just in case you haven't heard of it is something that's uh... worldwide unique nowhere in the world to my knowledge does anyone do anything like this we send out a mystery shopper every week been doing it for years and years and years we pretend to pretend to buy or lease a car and we go through the whole process now let me say this i should have said this earlier Uh, I've had some criticism. I had an email from somebody uh, that said that I'm wasting the salesman's time and I say I know I'm wasting the salesman's time but the greater good is we are making the salesman a little wiser, the dealership that we mystery shop a little wiser. We're making the audience a little wiser about things that are being done that shouldn't be done in car dealers. I feel bad about the car dealers, about the uh, salespeople whose time is taken up and we know they work on commission. And they may lose a commission because they were busy in this mystery shopping report. On the other hand, they're learning
4: from the experience, and the dealer is learning from the experience too quick point to make is um, we have more dealers on the recommended dealer list uh, than dealers on the do not. Exactly. And when the salespeople do a great job and the dealership gets a great job, they get free advertising because we tell yeah. them by name to go see this this person. So we've probably yeah. done it. And,
1: and we also mystery shop our own car dealership every week. We mystery shop our own salespeople. And if I thought I was wasting my time, I wouldn't do this. Mystery shopping all businesses should do it. Many, many businesses do do it. The better businesses do it. You should Mr. Sharp yourself. You should mystery Sharp your competition. It's a tool of doing business. It's a tool of improvement to learn how to get better. But I do apologize to the car salespeople whose time we do take up. And I just ask you... Uh, Reach your own mystery shopping reports. You can you can go online. Just go to EarlOnCars.com. We have an archive of all of our mystery shopping reports. Earl And uh, reach your own mystery shopping report. Learn how to improve and get better. As you are mystery shopped, uh, you learned what you did wrong. You correct it. You sell more cars. So in the long run, you car salespeople that will be a mystery shop are going to sell more cars and make more money. Short run. I apologize.
2: Mystery Shop has been around for so long. Yeah. I mean, you can even go into a restaurant and see a review of <clears a> Mystery <throat> Shop. So it's uh, we're not looking to be heroes.
1: Mystery Shop of Easy Pay Cars in Stewart, Florida. On Tuesday off this week, he did what he usually does when he's away from work. He scoured the Internet, a little tongue-in-cheek there, uh, to search for uh, cars, but got airbag recalls. Uh, What can I say weird, but he's my son, he is weird, and he is my son. It's my hobby. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mystery shopping, uh, people with Takata airbags, uh, is a way to make Florida safe. And I think we succeeded to some extent uh, because it's become harder and harder for us to find cars. Two and a half years ago, no problemo hop on any used car inventory it was littered with Takata airbag recalls and we nailed them we did like 75 counting phone shops in a row I think we had one that had no Takata airbag so the whole state of Florida at least South Florida was permeated with dangerous airbag recall cars and used car inventories now it isn't so so we pat ourselves on the back a little bit I don't think these uh, cars are disappearing into thin air. Mm -hmm. I think they are selling at auctions, and they're going out of state. I think the heat is on in Florida. We've raised hell with the governor. We've raised hell with the attorney general. Uh, We have uh, had news coverage, CBS News. I'm on the air every every Saturday, we talk about it. So the heat is on, and the car dealers are reluctant to try to get away with selling Takata airbag recalls. That's one of the reasons why it's hard to find them, but that's good news. And Florida's safer than Georgia or Alabama, trust me. Uh, our efforts to shine some light on this issue included mystery shopping dozens of car dealers across Florida and putting them on what we call the Takata test. On each mission, we sought to learn whether a car dealer would be willing to sell a car they know to be unsafe. The only passing grade we give for that test comes when the dealer stops the sale and refuses to sell the cottage airbag to our mystery shopper. This may get points for disclosing the recall. In that case, only if they give accurate information about how to remedy the problem, but only stopping the sale counts for passing. Now, uh, I think about why that happens, you know, there, there are different reasons why the car isn't disclosed, and later on in the Mystery Shopping Report, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I think there's three reasons. Uh, the dealer can just be a bad guy, evil, trying to trick people. Or the salesperson and or the dealer can just be ignorant about the whole problem, which is certainly a possibility. And there's a certain apathetic way people look at uh things. People walk outside during a thunderstorm and don't worry about lightning or they'll play golf uh they'll They'll swim when there's a riptide they'll text at a red light they'll text There are people that are apathetic about their lives and and that goes for the salespeople, the dealers, and the buyers uh when you go into a car dealership today. Uh, and have and you have heard about Takata, and you don't do a Carfax check, shame on you. So there's a lot of reasons why these Takata airbags are getting on the road, but it's still wrong. I mean, if you're out there and you think there's nothing wrong with buying a car with a defective airbag, give us a call. I'd love to find out about it. Uh, we had one, by the way, was Mullinex, besides Easy Pay Car. That's right. And I had a,
4: had a feeling that there yeah. was something.
1: Um, over the last three years, we've administered the Takata test two-pass, I just mentioned that, Mullinex and EasyPay. Uh, EasyPay is owned by uh, Wallace, Bill Wallace, uh, and it's up in Stewart, Florida. So naturally, it caught Stu's attention when he found a 2010 Honda Civic on their website with a fixable but yet unfixed passenger side Takata airbag recall. The recall was reported on Carfax, safer, safercar.gov and Honda's own Recall website. So those are three places you can go. If you're thinking about buying a car and you have the VIN number, you have three ways you can check to see if there is such a car to airbag or any other kind of a dangerous recall. Uh, just because they have the car listed for sale, easy pay cars, doesn't mean they wouldn't eventually do the right thing. So we got to check it out, right? And that's what we did. Uh, we sent Agent Thunder in to find out what would happen, what did happen. Speaking in the first person, I call prior to heading up to Easy Pay to see if the 2010 Honda Civic was still available. I spoke to a man who didn't identify himself that offered to check. After being put on a short hold, he came back on the line, said the car was still there. I told him I'd be there within the hour. The lot looked like an old-school used car lot. The cars he had looked were clean and well-maintained. The inventory was neatly arranged. There was only one small building that looked like a house, which served as the sales office. I spotted the Civic and I uh, then went inside the building. There was a man inside named Bill, and he was the guy that I talked to on the phone. Bill asked how he could help me, and I said uh, I'd called about the 2010 Civic. Now, remember, this is a nine-year-old car, folks. Nine years old. It's in the red zone. The Takata airbags are... the uh, How dangerous they are is directly proportional to their age, and the heat and humidity so what we have here nine years and we have South Florida that's where if you look up in Webster's dictionary heat and humidity it says South Florida we are in the tropics so I'm telling you that is one dangerous car we walked outside Bill explained there was no salesman at Easy pay just him and another guy they did it all he said they were part of the Wallace group and specialized in dealing with people with bad credit Now that brings up another subject. Uh, It may not be coincidence that we find Takata airbag cars or cars with dangerous recalls on these type of car lots. People with bad credit, sadly, have one thing on their mind. Can I get financed? You might be thinking I like red or I like blue. You might think I like convertibles. You might think I got to get my payments under $500. A person with terrible credit is thinking one thing, can you get me finance? I don't care what you sell me. Unsafe car, where do I sign? They just want wheels. They want to be able to get to work and back, to the doctor and back, to get their kids to school and back. Cars in South Florida where we don't have mass transit, you know, you have to have a car. So they're victims. The people that go into these, we call them buy here, pay here lots, they are victims. I told him he wouldn't have to worry about the financing because I was just looking for a good used car. I could buy for under $10,000 with cash. Bill said that would be fine, and I picked a good car for that. I said it needed to be safe and reliable, and Bill nodded. He handed me the keys when we approached the car, said I could drive it around the back lot. I guess it was right on their property. He didn't ask for my driver's license or anything, and stood there and waiting for me to get in the car. Highly unusual. Nancy mentioned that. As we drove in, the first time we've heard in a long time where they don't ask for the driver's license, but in this case, they didn't. Well, he didn't drive it on the roadways of Florida. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I got in the Civic, started it up, proceeded to drive around the lot for a few minutes, drove fine, the air was cold, seemed to be a good car. I returned to the spot, we found it, went back inside with Bill on the way in. I asked first, the first of the three questions. And you remember, if you're buying any car, you should ask these three questions. Do you know about any mechanical issues? Of course, you should have checked Carfax before he even came in. But ask the question anyway. Do you know about any mechanical issues? Question number one. Bill said no. If the car had been inspected and passed next door, another Wallace dealership, and I nodded, and we went inside. Once at his desk, Bill asked if I liked it and if I wanted to do a deal now. I said I liked it, but I had some questions. Bill said, like what? And I replied with a second. of the the three questions. Had it ever been in an accident, as I said before, Carfax, Carfax, Carfax. Always checks Carfax. Bill said he'd print a Carfax report for me. Strangely that they didn't already have one printed, but they didn't. I waited a minute or two for him to do this. When we looked over the report together, uh, Bill pointed to the summary where it indicated that an accident had been reported in 2011, and worried and indicated damage report in 2017. So, two accidents. I saw that a recall was indicated right below it, but I kept my mouth shut. So did Bill. Bill downplayed the accident and said that uh, if, if it was severe, then the car would have been towed or Carfax would have so indicated, and he was trying to talk me out of worrying about that's, the accident.
4: that's may or may not be true. May or may you not know, Sometimes it true. doesn't yeah. tell
1: you. Check. Any used car you buy with an independent mechanic. And, of course, going to back to what I said with the buy payer, with the people that have bad credit, they can't afford to pay 150 bucks to have the car checked. They are truly victims, and they are preyed upon, I'm sorry to say. I asked him the third of the three questions, any safety issues that should concern me about this accident. Now, no, when you ask three questions. Besi-
4: besides the accident.
1: Beside the accident. Yeah. And Bill said no beside the accident, And I reminded him that he told me that the car, uh, and he reminded me the car had been checked out in their shop. Okay. Part of a check should always be to see if there are the recall. any recalls. Yeah. I pointed to the Carfax report and asked him if recall was something to be concerned with. I mean, that's a strange question, right? Bill picked up the report and studied it. He said that it was recall for one of the airbags. He said he wouldn't consider it an issue. Sure, he's not trying to drive the car, not his family, and read to me that the repair for the recall can be done at any Honda dealership for yeah, free.
4: The way I read it and understood it from uh, Agent Thunder was that he was saying he didn't consider it an issue because it could be repaired. Yeah, right. Well, th- think about this, folks. He didn't mention
1: it. No. And if it wasn't an issue. Because it could be repaired, how would you know that it had to be repaired if he didn't mention it, if he didn't show you the Carfax report? Or at least tell you to pull your own Carfax report. This is clear blatant deception. Clear blatant deception. I asked, So you have to take it to Honda, and this is a good, listen to this. Bill replied, Yeah. I asked, so I can't even buy it until you take it there? Bill replied. We're not supposed to, but it depends on the guest, meaning me, the customer. depends. He added that ideally we'd like to get these done first and that this one must have slipped through. Yeah. It slipped through, and it also slipped through you when you read the Carfax report and saw it right in front of you in black and white. And you were hoping it would slip through me and I wouldn't see it. Blatant deception. Bill asked me what I wanted to do. If I wanted, he could have the car sent to the Honda dealer for the repair before we finished the sale. I said I would prefer that. He said he would write it up, get the repair taken care of. He'd call me on Monday with an update, and we could schedule my delivery at that time. I said I would like like a better price than the online price because of the accidents and recall issue. Bill said he would be able to do it for $8,000. $500, Five hundred dollars, including the dealer fee it was it was eighty nine hundred plus dealer fee before okay eighty nine hundred so he went down to eighty five hundred including. including the dealer fee on the buyer's order he printed it got pretty close seventy eight oh one plus six ninety nine dealer fee did equal eighty five hundred but he also had a small twenty two dollar and seventy five cent fee for state doc stamps we're seeing that a lot more, yeah, and there there are no doc stamps, folks. Not only it's bad enough to charge a customer for a fee that you have to pay, but when you charge a customer a fee that you don't have to pay even apply no, here. There yeah. are no doc stamps. It's not a loan. There's no state fee. Why? Why? It Adds up. Yeah.
2: I mean <sighs>
1: Yeah. Epilogue. Last year Easy Pay passed spectacularly. This year, well they did better than most, they still failed. they Deserve credit for making the arrangements to get the civic fixed before selling it, but Bill himself said something like that uh, depended on the guest. Yeah, will Thank I get caught? It depends on whether I get caught. Do, do I need to fix it? Well, you caught me.
4: Depends on if the guest points it out.
1: Yeah. Furthermore, Agent Thunder had to point out the recall for Bill, and yeah, like Bill didn't see it. Um, and anyway, here we are. We're here. We're here at vote time, I and mean, it always depresses me when we have a. Uh, a shining beacon on the hill of uh, transparency and honesty, and then we have to consider it, taking the it, shining it, beacon. It goes back, to the I hill. think,
4: the one like overriding characteristic of all car dealerships: it's inconsistency. Yeah. You know, it's just it's kind of at the whim of the people who are working yeah. at the time.
1: Yeah, here's something I before we tell you, post your votes, text your votes. uh we're going to open an open turn. We can get as many votes in as we can. One more thing I want to read here because we've got a little bit of time, I think. Uh, I don't usually do this, but when you go to the Air Carfax report or you go to the uh, uh, savercar.gov report, read what they say about these airbags. Airbag inflator rupture, metal fragments could pass through the airbag cushion material, potentially resulting in injury to vehicle occupants. The risk of such an occurrence increases over time. It is imperative you schedule an appointment with an authorized Honda dealer now to avoid this condition in the future. Now this is a 10-year-old Honda. 9-year-old Honda. And how many times has it do do we know how many times it was sold between 2010 and now? I would say two or three times anyway. And how many times... Two, two, two other times. This was the third sale. These cars are being bought without people even reading this, even though they say it's imperative. Now, uh, here's something also that I just popped into my head. I've seen it. It didn't register. Honda says this. Several years... Okay, uh, Honda suggests that you avoid having a passenger sit in the front passenger seat until the recall repair has been performed. Now, w- this is a hand grenade. Right. You're in the car, and the hand grenade is either going to explode uh, three feet to your right or right yeah, in front of you. Put another three feet um, between you and the hand grenade. Yeah. <laughs> now, what they should say that. If you're going to have anybody in the front seat, unless you're lying down in the back seat, you're going to get killed or
4: maimed. or Make per- sure to put all your passengers in the trunk.
1: Yeah, put all your passengers in the trunk. <laughs> it's 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 comical, but it's not comical. Mm. It's very sad. Yeah. Okay, it's vote time on Easy Pay Cars in Stewart, owned by Bill Wallace, who, by the way, is a friend of mine. Uh, well, at least he was a friend of mine. He's still a friend. Bill, if you're listening, come on. Get, uh, it, get it together. Get it together. Yeah. Okay, what are the votes on that we posted so far?
4: Okay, so we have, ooh, one just popped in. We have uh, Linda um, gives him a big, fat F. Neil gives him an F. Gig gives him an F. Nancy, not that Nancy, gives him an F. Boris gives him an F. And as I was speaking, an F popped in, and it is from Lenny uh, up in Atlanta. He gives him an F as well, so I think it's pretty unanimous. I agree with our texters and listeners. Give him an
0: F. YouTube, I've got Ernesto, LJ, and Frank, and I'm seeing Fs across the board. Steve on Facebook, F. Yeah. This is you know, a- I'm, I'm, I'm going
1: to say one more thing here. You know, I, feel, I started to feel this guilt as I talked to Bill Wallace. Bill, it's not your fault. Uh, it is your fault. The buck stops here. Yeah, but I have things that happen in my dealership, too, things that are wrong. We do wrong things. The What we're doing new to you, Bill, is making you aware when we shopped your dealership before, it was pristine. You had a salesperson there that cared about the shopper. When we shopped before at Easy Pay Cars, the salesperson we talked to would not allow our Mr. shopper to take the car. And he volunteered without being called to his attention to take the car to, an I believe it was Honda, to have the car recall fixed. It depends on the people you have working for you. Every barrel has a rotten apple. Uh, my dealership has rotten apples. We all have rotten apples in our business barrels. The responsibility of the owner is to be acutely aware and try to get rid of these rotten apples or else bring them back to life and make them into nice, crispy, tasty apples that do their job. So I'm not blaming Easy Pay Cars or the owner. Directly, but make the correction there.
4: I'm having a depressing thought. I'm thinking last year when they passed, I reread the report from last year, Uh and basically when they asked if there are any safety issues, the salesperson looked at it and then saw the recall and said, Oh, yeah, there is one. Yet that car was still online offered for sale. That might be the operating thing that triggers it. If they ask about it, deal with it. If they don't ask, Keep going.
1: The, the fact of the matter is, salespeople are paid on commission, right? Twenty-five uh, percent of the profit they make on the car, and they are not financially motivated uh, to not sell a the car. They're financially motivated to sell a car, and sometimes uh, their morals and their needs are going to trump uh, what's right. So it isn't the car deal is bad. The business is bad every organization has people that need to be coached i don't like to fire people we try to coach people and if we can't coach them in improvement then we have to fire them but in this case here uh it's pretty clear we got all
4: F's. we'll go around uh Stu, what's your vote i'm giving giving him an a no i'm just kidding <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> all right yeah f for sure nancy
2: f
1: a f yeah bill i'm sorry i'm i my you know my Emotions are, I feel, uh, you can give me a call after the show. We can talk about it if you're mad at me. But you know, I know you. I know you're a good man. And I know you've got a whole lot of dealerships. I don't know how you do what you do with as many dealerships as you do. But you need to do something about easy pay cars. You need to do something about being sure that dangerous cars don't get sold off that lot. And so I'm going to have to give an F, uh, easy pay cars. We will go back to easy pay, easy pay cars and give you another chance to get back on the recommended list. And I hope you do.
2: Absolutely. You know, our agenda here is not to be heroes. Our agenda here is to save lives. And the more exposure that we give to our listeners, uh, and (laughs) they're they're far and wide. The audience is, you know, all over the place, all over the country. And uh, to the emailer that shared this extensive email with you, Earl, uh, we're, we're not looking, as I said, to be heroes. We're just looking to put the truth out there. And uh, the mystery shop for today gets an F, and that's from Easy Pay. <laughs> Easy Pay Cars in Stewart. So I'd like to thank you all for joining us this morning. Again, I'd like to thank Jonathan and Rudy in the control room. And being part of the show, and from all of us right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be right here next Saturday. Bye bye.